This is Molly from Molly with the Most Podcast, and you are now listening to the Chronicles of Divine Destiny. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chronicles of Divine Destiny Podcast. How are y'all out there? Y'all all right? Well, all right. So, I have a special guest today that I'd like to introduce to you all. And she is one of my faves, even though she doesn't have faves, but she's one of mine. <laughs> and I have her on the show. What's up, Rock? What's up? Hey. So, welcome, finally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on the show. So, you know, when I have guests, I like to ask them how their week is doing, like do a little check-in. So, how has everything been going on? I know we're still in a pandemic. I think. <laughs> well, they would they would like to say that we're not, but I still feel like we are. Right, because people are still getting sick for sure. <laughs> so how's your week going? How is everything? How has the new year been for you? It's, it's been about, a, what, nine days now to the new year? Yes. Um. The Since the new year has come in, it's been going pretty good. I'm, I'm a late start. I didn't do New Year's resolutions um, this year only because I just have some things that I know that I want to work on that I decided I wanted to work on last year that I did not do. So my focus this year is to just work on those things. Um, So, um, and then I work with, um, in the mental health field. So just seeing like dealing with that on a daily basis has got me to a point where I'm just deciding like, hey, you really do have to stop and check in with yourself. Um, Because like I say, it's a little overwhelming just seeing people coming in every day. Um, I know that the stigma is that mental illness look a certain way um but being in the field um i do get to see that there are people coming in checking in just like just like me you know um somebody that you look at and you feel like oh that person is just living this great life and they're just suffering you know so it's just given me from that perspective it's just made me get to a point where I say hey stop making plans to do all these things and just try to do something every you know every day so that's that's what I've been doing um and that's what I'm working on this year that's great it's good I said that too like this year I don't really have a resolution I just know things that I that needs to be done regardless (laughs) so it's like I'm just going to move forward with that. Um, I'm not giving up on my weight loss journey. It's been difficult, um, as I've shared with my audience. It's just been difficult, especially with grieving. So, because my my go-to is food. Mm -hmm. So, I've been doing that. But lately, I've just been trying to focus more on my mental. Because I feel like I have to work on my mind first. To get my mind in a better place. So, I can be just taking my time with taking stuff one day at a time instead of just trying to binge and just do everything all at once and yep. myself so I'm trying to work on my mind and get into a better headspace so I can do the right things and make better decisions that's, that's alright so I have you on the show and as you guys all know uh, right now we're talking about things that we have learned from grief and um I, my question to you is when was the first time that you could say you experienced a loss, a huge loss in your life? 
Um, so I, I tell a lot of people this and I talk about it a lot. I think I've experienced um, loss um, for the first time, like big loss of a family member um, would be like my great grandmother, you know, like people that I felt was close to me, mm-hmm. but I don't think I really felt grief until I lost a childhood um, friend of mine. Of course, you know, you know him, um, Mm -hmm. Lord Dennis. I think that once I lost him um, to gun violence, like I really, you know, that was the first time that I would really say like, hey, I felt like I was just hurt to the core. You know, like you lose your family members and stuff like this, but this is somebody that I was used to seeing every day, you know, that we grew up with. And that hurt was just a little different, you know. And it mm-hmm. it, it could have been also the way he was taken away, um, right? You know, because you when you have older people in your family, you know, people get sick, um, people get older, and we know that one day that death is going to come. But when you have somebody that's your age, I think that it just affected me a little bit differently. So I mean, still to this day. Um, that's one of the things that I would say that happened to me in my life that, you know, it happened so long ago at this point now, but mm-hmm. it still feels like, like that pain, I still feel it like it happened almost yesterday, you know, so I would say that that was probably my first big loss. And also um, our other friend, Tony, he always, he speaks about how that death impacted his life as well. Like even still to now, just knowing I you know how close and stuff they were so it's nothing wrong with stuff lingering around because the way we handle grief is probably not the right way but (laughs) we're learning on this on this road or whatnot so um so your first experience of loss was your great-grandmother and then a childhood friend yes um do you have any more losses that you would like to speak on um of course I lost my um I um suddenly uh-huh. um and um two years ago while we were in this pandemic i lost my stepson in august of 2022 i mean sorry august of 2020 uh-huh. and then um of gun violence and then in december of 2020 i lost my mom which was suddenly also um so of course, I would say my, my dad's death affected me in a big way um, also. But I think um, even though my stepson was not biologically my son, I think losing a child and then losing a parent um, right back to back in 2020 has probably changed my life forever. Like, you know, um, and again, like I said, these things were sudden deaths. Right. So, you know, um, it could have been, um, especially with both of my parents, it could have been something that was ongoing prior, but not to our knowledge, you know. So the death came like, oh, I've seen somebody one day. The next day, my day was gone. Right. I talked to my mother on a Friday. She was out looking for properties and stuff on a Saturday with a nice video on Facebook. And on Sunday she was gone so um i think that when you have those type of deaths like that that happen suddenly it 
really affects you differently than um, when someone has been sick you know and I tell people like you you're never prepared for death and you know it still hurts even when you know that somebody is sick or they're on a time limit but when somebody is just here one day and then gone the next day it's kind of hard for you to grasp that loss you know um and like I said again with it being a child and a parent in one year within four months right like not only did it do something to me but I also had my siblings my other children Uh you know um my grandmother you know so it was other people that was um you know also filled with grief and as a mother sometimes I feel like as the women we kind of like gotta be strong for the other people Mm -hmm. so sometimes when especially when you are I for me I know like I'm the oldest sibling I'm the go-to person sometimes in my family I'm the mother so a lot of times like you are always trying to make sure that everybody else is okay and we don't check in with ourselves you know and life is still happening so you know just because someone pays or you're filled with grief you you just sometimes we have to keep going and try to deal with this grief and all the time we don't process it in the right way I, I guess I could um say so um that's kind of like where I am right now still trying to figure some things out and just get a grasp on those you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) on those things but just realizing that I do have to take that time to just check in with myself and then also giving myself that time to feel you know because sometimes I think we try to run from the pain we don't try to just go through it like you know um so that's one of the things that I'm working on and again like I said it's it's been difficult because it was sudden deaths yeah and um you know I mean you know my mom's your aunt so I know you you had to deal with that loss too and so you know the thing of it is is that she's also been that go-to person so when you lose the person that you can always pick up that phone and call you know it's just not my mom but that best friend or right. mom this is wrong this is wrong or, right hey you know <laughs> even when something I don't even want to make it seem like just when things are wrong because even when things are good right or things are going great I don't now I don't have that person that would have been the first person that I would have picked up my phone Nicole so even when it's a good thing happening is like I'm still overcome with that sadness because now this person is no longer here. So I definitely um, agree with that. Um, just like, just honestly, how I feel about the passing of Aunt Mona is it's tough on me because I have yet to accept it. Like I know, I know, but it's like I have have not accepted. And to the point, it has made me very distant right. from her children. Like, I think I shared with you, like, it's like, when I see y'all, it's real to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not ready to accept it, even though I know it. Because, like, when yeah. I saw um, Grandma or whatever, I bust out crying. And I was like, I was not expecting that. 
<laughs> like when yeah. I saw her, I was like, and she felt bad, even though you know I'm glad I'm there to you know speak for me at the time until I got myself together. But I also, you know, I I did not expect that, like at all. I thought you know I was good. Yeah. So I'm gonna see her. You know, it's gonna be fine. But like as soon as I saw this bust out crying, and I'm like, oh god, you know, that's not what I you know wanted to do. Yeah, and I still, you know, like I and I shared this with you before. Like I feel that way too. Um, and especially with her. And I mean, I know you know, Grandma raised me. So right. it's like, even though my mother was always right there, grandma was the person who raised me. So me and my mother had that mother-daughter relationship, but we also had that sister relationship. We also yeah. had that friendship. So it's like, once she was gone, I kind of like lost all of that in one. And because grandma raised me, it was always so much easier for me to go talk to my mother, even though I talked to grandma too. But it's like with my mother being gone, now I have grandma that yes I can go talk to but then I have to remember that this was her child like you know what I'm saying like yes that was my mother but this was her child and now she's older so her feelings is you know no parent should have to bury their child you know and especially with her being up in age and then that also makes me think like wow like you know she's 80 something now my mother's not here you know, normally it would have been maybe the grandmother going before the parent. And so now it's like my mom's not here. So now every time she calls me and, oh, this is wrong. Now I'm just saying overload because I'm like, look, Lord, not right now. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So <laughs> I've kind of like, and like you said, I feel like I've kind of distanced um, myself away um, from going to grandma house. And you know how our relationship is. So right. it hurts me to go there because I know she's hurting. And sometimes she want to talk to me. And every time she talks to me, it just breaks me down. So it's like, right. you know, I try not to go there and, um, but I did have a conversation with her the other day because, you know, Aunt KK um, was concerned a little bit about her not being able to express herself um, and dealing with the loss of her child, you know. And I'm like, I know she probably wants to. And then she doesn't want to talk to me about it because she know I cry every time she talks to me about it. So, right. you know, it's like her not having that outlet either. So, you know, like I told her, too that we just have to you know talk to each other or if you feel like you need to talk with someone else you just you know you just have to you know because you don't want to um become withdrawn you don't want to let that grief just take over you you know what i'm saying and sometimes it creeps up on us and we don't even realize that that's what we're doing because I know I've noticed that I've kind of shut down and you know I'm an outgoing type of person yeah. but I've noticed that when it comes to certain stuff I'm just I just want to be alone you know what I'm saying and I had to have somebody else kind of like tap me on my shoulder and I said you know what I'm not depressed I'm just really sad you know what I'm yeah. saying and she said that's kind of like depression you know and this is someone who <laughs> lost their sibling and lost their dad you know so she was telling me she was like stop saying that it's not depression she was like you might not be down and out but you down and it's okay like check in on that and stop just downplaying what it is she said because that's how people get so deep in it 
Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it's too late because it was there. And they just didn't see it for what it was. So, you know, I said, you know what, this year, I'm just going to take time. I was I was working all the time. That would keep my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just into the TV. Oh, I'm okay. I'm just doing this. No, I got to check in, get out, you know, keep it moving, even if that's working out or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I tell everybody, just start checking in with people and sometimes we even i had to tell one of my siblings you know when you feeling down i might not know it on that particular day and i might not call you but guess what call me right you know just call me and be like hello and of course once you call me i may be like you know hey how are you feeling you know sometimes we just have to reach out because people don't know what we don't tell that is so true and i'm glad that you spoke on that because in the very beginning of my grief, I felt um, certain people didn't reach out to me, and mm-hmm. I was surprised. And I was like, "Well, I know if I know that their grandmother passed away, I will be probably blowing their phone up, you know, doing this and the other." And I didn't receive that. And when mm-hmm. I started going to the, it was this group I'm going to, was going to at the time, a grief share group. And one of the ladies had talked about that in, in the group. And in the book that we were reading, it was saying that like, you know, people, a lot of people don't know what to do when you lose a loved one, especially if they've never experienced a loss themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They're going to say the right thing. They're going to say the wrong thing. Like, they just don't know how to be there for you. So they actually give you um, something that you can type or email or text to a person. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, you know, if you're thinking about me, reach out to me. If, you know, like you were saying, like, a lot of people just don't know. Because some people will look on social media. And I blame social media to an extent. Because we would just post, post, post. It's like, okay, well, I see them posting. So they all right. Because mm-hmm. they posting. But really, yeah. deep down inside, you losing it. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. And I encourage anyone that you don't know what to do. If the person just crossed your mind just a little bit. And I think I said that in one of my episodes recently. Like, just say, send a text. Say, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, if it's let you feel let pop up at their house. You never know what like you showing up can do for that person so so yeah i had to learn like to speak up because if don't nobody know can't nobody read your mind and that's true <laughs> and i I'm, i've definitely told my siblings you know because i feel like because i'm the oldest uh-huh. they expect me to just take on that role of now okay ma not here you should be checking on me you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and which is true and I probably could do a better job at it which and I then like I said sometimes I feel like on those moments one of the things I say that I was going to do this year is on the days when I'm feeling down mm-hmm. like I said maybe I just need to send a quick text to them and be like hey you know what's going on and this and that because like I said I don't know if you don't tell me and by us working and like I said life still goes on so sometimes it's not so much that I'm not thinking about you it's just that look I've had a rough day at work and like I said I do work in the mental health field so a lot of days are very draining by the time I come home and I have to deal with my kids 
and my family. Sometimes I just want to unwind and relax myself. And I say, hey, I'm going to call so-and-so. And that don't happen today. Then tomorrow, oh, I'm going to call so-and-so. And that don't happen tomorrow. But like I told them, if all of us at some point, we're not all feeling down all at the same time. You right. know what I'm saying? But when we are, that's your cue to now check in with your siblings because it's like okay now at least I'm talking to somebody don't be feeling down and then you're sitting there and you're just waiting for somebody to reach out to you and then you're mad because somebody don't know that you're feeling down today you know because they don't know <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, so, that's true yeah so I have something else I would like to ask like as far as your grief journey um what has been surprising to you about it about how you've been grieving um i would probably say that um i think when my stepson passed i was able we talked about it a lot because all the all of the kids felt differently like they had the same they had the same loss but everybody kind of handled it handle it differently uh-huh. and so I think that um, we had discussions about it more we was together more but I think that once my mom passed I probably like withdrew a lot like I really very seldomly talked to anybody about it I think one of the things that I normally do and I tell people this like only when I'm sad I just like to kind of be by myself and like hey just cry like you know what I'm saying just do your own little thing and then I'm okay like you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but one of the things like I said I think with my mom's death is that um I would say like it happened so fast and because she didn't want to have a service (laughs) and she wanted to be cremated it's like okay she died on Sunday and Friday we was having a viewing and it was just over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was right. just over. So um, one of the things that I feel was like, um, it happened so fast and I didn't give my myself a chance to grieve, you know? And I yeah. feel like even though I've been hurt ever since it happened, I feel like almost a year later, it started to like uh, really surface that like, you know what? this is just like a little bit too much like I, I can't get over it yeah and it's like okay people look at it it's like oh where's your mom like you know what I'm saying she's been your mother for you know 40 something years before she passed and you're not gonna just get over it I mean I know that but I can't even really process the fact that she's not here because she was in North Carolina you know I was here we didn't talk every day we didn't see each other every day so it kind of put it like an out of mind out of sight type of thing but then it's those days where I'm just like oh let me call my mother and tell her this and I'm like girl who you calling you know what I'm saying like who you calling and and I guess I can also say this because I didn't mention this but my kid's grandmother who was also like another mother to me and friend had recently passed in March of 2019 so Mm -hmm. between her my mother and my grandmother those are the people that whenever anything is going wrong I'm going to call them so not only did I lose one mother I lost two you know what I'm saying so it's just been back to back to back and like I said I had to be strong all them other times 
but with my mother I couldn't be strong like I couldn't hold that up and I think that bothered me the most that's probably what surprised me the most because I'm normally able to just bounce back from anything like you know yeah. what I'm saying and for this it kind of got a chokehold on me and then like I said I realized like my mom's birthday is coming up and we've really been trying to do something like you know let's celebrate her it's like her 60th birthday and I've been procrastinating right so people like hey what we gonna do but then I realized that it's not that we couldn't have made it happen to me celebrating my mother's 60th birthday and my mother not being here is another ding your mother's right. really not here like you Especially know what I'm saying your mom is the like she loves a good party yeah and to be celebrated so it's like that's a milestone so you yeah. will want her to you know be yeah here. and I'm just not ready I and I tell I told my um one of the therapists at my job because I just go in and have free sessions with her all the time. I told her, <laughs> I said, you know what? My siblings, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, everybody's asking me like, are oh, you doing something for your mom's um, birthday? And I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. But I it's because that is a realization that, hey, your mom is really not here. So, yeah. you know, I just haven't made it a priority because I'm just not right. You know, so... Um, you know, so that's one of the things that I wanted to work on. Like I said, you know, she loved the party and I just want things to be done right. Um, because like I said, she didn't want a funeral. We had so many people that wanted to celebrate her. So I do want to do something like a memory book, um, and have like a memorial service, but I do want it where everybody can come out. So I just said to myself, like, Hey, I want to do something intimate for her 60th birthday. But what I will do is once it gets nice and warm, I want to do just like a big cookout, you know, um, and have like a family reunion because everybody that know my mother know that family was everything. Yeah. Like I tell people, if you didn't know your cousin or somebody, my mother just wasn't one of those people. My mother know every cousin, <laughs> aunt, uncle, on yeah. both sides of the family you know what I'm saying that's just who she was she was a lot of things to everybody and I do want to celebrate her in a way that everybody can come out so um you know that's that's one of the things that I really want to work on I'm like I'm kind of being selfish because I know a lot of people wanted to come together and just have that you know that memorial for her and I'm kind of like just been like nah because I'm not ready you know what I'm saying but I don't want to keep putting it off so I mean it's just been surprising how I just haven't been able to let go but like I said I'm working on it yeah and don't, don't beat you one thing I'm learning through therapy and just listen to podcasts and different stuff like you you you, you grieve on your time and when you feel ready to express or do and celebrate like you do it on your time other mm -hmm. people, like you said, we're all grieving differently. You hear them dolls, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all grieving differently. And like, and I had to learn that. And one thing I'm also learning is that I will never get over it, but I will I will learn to grieve well. Just right. Like different things or whatever. Yeah. And stuff like that. So um it's good that you do have someone that you can talk to because some people don't and yes. I say that a lot on every episode since I've been recording I will say that my support has been truly amazing and I wish that I could have I wish other people could have what I have 
as far as support. Like it's nothing, nothing more important to have people who pour into you positive things and can even empathize or even sympathize with you. Mm-hmm. People don't know. Like I've had some hurtful things and that's going to be my next question to you. Like um, I've had people say something that was kind of hurtful. Like one of my coworkers was like, oh, you're not over that yet. And I really want to slap this lady because I'm like, girl, this is my grandma. This is my aunt. Like, these are people that I, like, love and, like, favorite people in my life. You can't just ask me, oh, am I over that? You know, like, you know, that's not something that you, two weeks and you just over that. That's someone I've never known my, I've never known my life without my grandmother. I've never known my life without my Aunt Mona. A lot of things that happen in my life that's important. My grandmother been there and my Amona been there. I can't think of times when I was in trouble my Amona was not there. You know and I saying? tell people that all the time. I say, <laughs> like, she didn't care what I did. Her Nate and the she will come <laughs> get my mother say, oh, I'm not coming to get her. I'm going to get my niece. Like, I'm trying I to tell you. But I, I tell people no time that whenever I ever needed her, she was there, good or bad. She has to say what she had to say, but she came and got me. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I said, you know, and this is one of the things that I want to say about that person who kind of just, you know, worked your nerve a little bit. (laughs) Sometimes people say things because they've never experienced it. Like, I have to understand that, like I say, everybody has a different relationship with their parents or their family. Um, But Uh I tell people, like, my mother is just one of those people that was just never not there. Yeah. Even in the times where others may look at it and be like, you know, I always tell people and like I tell people, one of the things that my grief is me not having my mother. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that one thing that I needed to say to her that she didn't already know because I made sure I always told her that stuff. So when she first died and I guess that was one of the things that was surprising too because I felt like with some of my other siblings you know things were said things were done and I think you know may have made them feel a certain type of way and that happens when people lose people and they don't get to um rectify things that have happened in the past right um but I've always you know thanked her for always being there so everything that I feel like I needed to say or that she needed to know I feel like I've done that the one thing that has really hurt me to my heart since she's been gone and I think I was a little mad at her I wasn't even mad at God I was probably mad at my at my mother Mm -hmm. was Anytime my mother's ever been in a hospital or anything like that, my mother has picked up that phone and she talked to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. This particular time, I called all day while she was in the hospital. I thought she didn't even have her phone because she never picked up that phone to talk to me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And it, it always made me feel like, you know, my mother is such a fighter. She's always been so strong. Like, you know, did she know it? Did she feel it? Did she not want to pick up the phone? Because you know she is not really a big liar. She's very direct. Very. Like, (laughs) she wouldn't have been able to get on the phone with me and not say, look, something don't feel right this time. This may be my last time. And I feel like that's probably why she didn't answer the phone. But I also feel like that kind of took away from me at least hearing her voice the last time but then I go back and I tell people because like I said that Friday we had a long conversation for three hours we told Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of things were said, and I kind of feel like, hey, with that last conversation, with that last video she posted, I felt like maybe that was all I needed. Those were good conversations. She looked happy. She looked peaceful in that last video that she posted. So, you know, like that's a good way to um, remember her. But I just still feel like, you know, I was angry at her for a while. I really was. I was really mad and I had to pray on that because I'm like, you know, I'm angry because she didn't pick up that phone, even if she felt something different. But I had to look at it from her point of view too. Right. She was going to be leaving, right? Mm-hmm. She was going to be leaving. So therefore, her hurt would go away once she hung up that phone. But speaking to me or happen to tell me that would have still hurt me, whether she talked to me or she didn't, and she still wasn't going to be here, you know, to to comfort that. And that's what right. I tell people, you know, um, a lot of people, you hear a lot of people that lose their parents, they'll say this, like, they taught me a lot, but they didn't taught me how to be without them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, that's one of the things that I feel like... Um, I'm going through right now and processing, you know, um, right now. But um, yeah, I tell people all the time the story of her always being there. I said, listen, my mother was in North Carolina. I remember going to the hospital, pregnant <laughs> with my daughter, Jaque. And I literally told my mom, I said, hey, they say it's time. They, I'm going to drop the kids off. And I'm going to drop William off because I only had William at that time. I'm going to drop William off. And um, I'm going straight to the hospital. Literally, I feel like it took me an hour and an hour and a half to do all I needed to do and get to that hospital. Before they had that wristband on my hand and had me in a room, <laughs> and had me in a room, my mother was here with my grandmother. So not only did she come from North Carolina, right. she stopped and picked up my grandmother, got some food. <laughs> It was at that hospital before I got checked in. And I'm like, when I say that my mother's never not been here, that's what I mean. Whenever you called her, she would, if she could, she was yep. dropping whatever she had to do, you know, to be here. So I'm like, you know, to have to be without that, you know, and just be without her as a person too, you know, has been a lot, you know, yeah. it, it has, it has been a lot. And it puts a lot of pressure on me, to, I feel like, as a sibling, because I'm always fussing at her, like, you know, why are you leaving me here with these crazy kids of yours? <laughs> on top of that. <laughs> you know? So right. some days, I'm just not picking up that phone, but, you know, it also put things in perspective for me also, because you know how we get busy in life, we get tired, people be calling our phones, and guess what we do? We look at that phone, we see it ring, and we don't answer. And you never know, especially during these times now, you never know if that's going to be that last phone call. So it also put things in perspective for me in that matter, uh -huh. that sometimes no matter who it is, no matter how much they get on your nerves, like pick up that phone and then you can say, oh, this really ain't about nothing. Can we talk about that tomorrow? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I really feel, I'm not going to lie, I really feel guilty now if I'm watching that phone ring and don't pick it up. Right. Uh, right after they hang up, I said, you know what? That could be really an emergency. Let me call them back. So I'm, uh, you know, I tell people, I'm one of those people that kind of look at their phone ring 
and don't answer it when I'm in when I just need to unwind. But now I just I do feel guilty and I'm like, let me call that person back. Right. You know, so it's just girl. I, I said this year I'm going to make it my business to at least if I don't send a text to say I love you or how can I pray for you or something like I'm going to start just reaching out to people because a lot of times I like my alone time but sometimes I don't need to be alone. <laughs> and I'm like I'm just here with my thoughts and I'm like ah. And especially to um one of our aunts she's been reaching out to me to come spend time with her and I know she feels some type of way and I don't want her to because it's nothing personally towards her. Well maybe we need to get together because I feel like maybe that same aunt has been sending me stuff and saying hey you can also come visit me. Yes and I was like you know and it's not that I don't want to it's not that I don't want to it's just that like I said all it becomes real. Yeah and because I'm, you don't normally see one and I tell people this is like certain things that I do certain people that I see certain places that I go mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't go without my mother so like um, after my mom passed one of her best friends had a party for her grandson mm-hmm. and I had to drop the cake off and when I got there and she hugged me she was crying and I was trying to hold my tears in. Aww. She said, oh, just stay. And I'm just like, no, because you know what? I <laughs> right. had to think about it. I've never, and I've been, this lady was around before I was even born. And I'm 42. <laughs> so I've never not seen her and my mother not be there. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like those things like that that I just feel like you know what and another thing that I caught me off guard and made me realize something that I started being a little reckless with people because when you have people like that significant that died or passed in your life mm-hmm. I felt like for a while and I said it to somebody I said look you know and this was a relationship mm-hmm. and you know he's just like look you about to lose me I was saying to myself first of all I ain't losing nothing that's one thing right but secondly if I done lost my mother you think I care about losing you okay if I can live (laughs) I might be a little sad and a little hurt right if I can live without her I can live without anybody and I had to had to change that pattern of thought because like I said I am a person right that right there let me know that I really had to check in with myself because at this point I just felt like even when, even when it came down to my kids, I just felt like like that was the worst loss I could ever experience. And if I can't go on without her, I can go on without anything. You know what I'm saying? And that right. wasn't the right way of thinking about things. Like, yes, that's a major person in your life. You know what I'm saying? But you can't go on through life and just figure like, oh, okay, that was a big loss. I don't care about nothing else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because that will push you in a dark place that you can't get yourself out of if you keep repeating that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. I definitely had to check myself on that. <laughs> I've definitely been, I will say, since the um, passing of my grandmother, I have definitely, like, something just, I don't know what switch went off, but my patience is very very thin and stuff that i wouldn't typically say to people i would say like i have no cut cards no, i'm like and i'm like 
you know, I just never thought I would. I just never thought like even I even start back cussing, and I had to ask God. I said, you know what? <laughs> like I need to stop this cuss. I'm like, cause this just doing. I'm just doing way too much. But my patience is very very thin. And like I said, as I'm learning through therapy and stuff like that, grief has so many different emotions and so many different things. It does. Even, and I remember when you were saying like how our parents never prepare us for not to be with them. But I used to always ask God, I said, God, please prepare me for when my grandmother leaves. Please prepare me for my family. Like anybody in my family that I love that's close to me, prepare me for them to leave because I don't know how I'm going to live without them. Right. And even though I prayed that and asked that, I still was not. It's no preparation. Yeah. And I tell people that like, <laughs> you know, we can ask that. And like I said, even with like my kid's grandmother, like she was sick. She died from cancer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I was there with her all the way up until the very end, you know, and we knew it was coming once it was once it was noticeable like hey we know now it's down to the wire you know it still don't prepare you for that moment mm-hmm. like you know you know it's coming it's just like the, a roller coaster ride you going up that hill you know you're going to drop but when that roller coaster drop you still feel that drop in your stomach like you know what I'm saying oh yeah you're <laughs> never prepared I don't care if you love roller coasters yes you always <laughs> before you get to that adrenaline get the pumping and you get that excitement and you, you feel that drop in your stomach because you know it's there but you are your body is still not prepared for that instant drop like yeah you know it's stomach. not so <laughs> yeah that that's something that you know they tell you oh you could prepare for it you want to still like i say you can't prepare for that because you don't know how you're going to feel and you don't know how that grief is going to show up. Is it going to show up in anger? Right. You know, is it going to show up in denial? Is it going to just show up with just complete sadness? Because everybody's grief is different. Yeah. And when you're dealing with a lot of people, you have to understand that. Like, sometimes you have to let people, uh, you know, they become withdrawn, like, check on them. But sometimes you got to let them sit in, in it themselves like you know what I'm saying when those people are angry you gotta kind of like let them get that anger out like we can't tell people how to feel you can't tell people that it's too long you know what I'm saying just be there kind of like watch out for it so that if you see a pattern where it's getting to a point that is destructive or they just falling too deep in the hole now you need to figure out okay who I need to talk to or what can I do like to help them like not always be in this sunken place but you can't tell me how to feel. Yes. You know, you can't that. tell me how it's going to show up. Though I'm missing you.
Yes, because I've had people tell me, like, you always, you doing stuff at the wrong time when, when it comes to grief or saying something or bringing up something. I'm like, but that's how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not wrong in that feeling. I'm not wrong for how I feel or how am I reacting, you know, towards things. Yeah. So, so I want to um, have another question for you. So my, my recent episode was about triggers. And one thing I'm learning through grief is what trigger triggers my grief or what triggers my grief and like one 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 thing I know for sure it seems like soon as October 1st hit I just go into this sadness and I anticipate my birthday coming up and um, what I've been used to is I, I celebrate my birthday and I'll go to Jersey and I'll right. spend the rest of my vacation with my grandmother and that has been a norm for many many years and like leading up to my birthday even though I be looking amazing I be I'm telling you I done canceled about 50 times oh I'm not gonna do nothing I'm gonna sit in the house I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do that and even certain smells of food mm-hmm. brings back memories like I I remember before she passed she had all this um, what is this some I love I bought it from Bath and Bar. Like I literally bought cherry blossom and oh, I just okay. used to always um, wear that and um, from going over her house and then like my last time with her I was like mom I'm going to buy a whole bunch and I did and my last time with Amona I had that on and she was like girl you smell good as a month you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like thank you you know what I'm saying so it's like just the smell of that like that triggers like different things so have you been able to find out like what triggers you during your grief like even even like other I would say like other people passing um I wouldn't say um I haven't um experienced anybody else I'm trying to think because I I mean I, I don't think nobody else like, like close to me has passed um, since then. Mm-hmm. I don't have any direct triggers because, like I said, I'm not sad. And that's what I was explaining to my friend that was telling me, like, hey, sadness is a part of depression. Like, I don't feel sad every day. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, some days, I don't know. Like, it's not anything directly triggering, you know. I think just being a mom, and I feel like, you know, and I tell people this all the time, like, being a parent is one of the hardest jobs that you'll probably ever have to do. Nobody is ever going to be perfect at it, you know, and some people think, oh, I did an awful job or I had this rough time in my life and I wasn't able to do this, you know, and I think like now me being a parent, I look at it and I just say, you know, um, some days it's, it's just hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like my, especially I would say, okay, I will say this. My kids are always got something going on you know and every so often one of them would text me and be like you know oh I did this today I'm so happy I had you as a mother or you the mo- you the best mother or you the goat of this mother stuff and I'm looking at it like okay they calling me the goat I feel like my mother the goat. like you know what I'm saying <laughs> like they have me now to go to and I felt like and I had a period of time where I, I cried a lot because I looked at it like I felt like I said I was angry at my mom I felt like you taught me a lot. You taught me to be strong and all this other stuff, but I, you did not prepare me for you to leave. So now I started to think, how can I prepare my kids? Mm. You know what I'm saying? 
to be without me. Like, you wow. know what I'm saying? And I feel like I even distance myself from them. Like, at some, sometimes, you know, like, I'm always here. I'll be gone. I'll be out. And one of my daughters said, dang, you just came in from work. And you was just out. You ain't even give us two two seconds to, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> see what was going on or whatever. And, I mean, they not no little baby. Right. And this is one of the adult children. And I had to think about that. I'm like, you know what? You feeling a certain type of way because now your mom's not here. Now you are kind of like withdrawing yourself from your kids. And it's weird. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they feel <laughs> weird because what are you really teaching them? Like, are you really teaching them how to be without you here? No, you're not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a part of your job as a parent is to be there. Yep. You don't you're not needed as much as once your children become become adults, but that's part of your job to be there. Yep. So, you know, it's not your job to teach them to be without you. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things that I feel like I've learned in this process. And that's one of the things that really are triggered. But it could be anything. I can be watching a movie and uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, dang, let me call her and tell her this is coming on. Oh, this type of show, I know she would like, oh, we would talk about this. And I'll just get the crime. Or something good happened. Oh, I need to tell her that. Or, you know, something crazy happened. I need to tell her right. that. And I'm like, and I and I just was telling my kids, oh, and I'm just like, girl, I don't have nobody to call and tell this to. <laughs> I do, but those are not the people that I would normally call and tell it to. Right. The people that I would call and tell it to, I lost them back to back you know so like I said it's it's a process yeah and we just have to people have to just admit that they're not okay and like you know I've seen you post it and I've I've seen a lot of means people you know post it and say hey it's okay not to be okay and people really have to understand that that really is true yeah as long as you don't want to harm yourself yeah yeah (laughs) You know, but but that's what I'm saying. It's okay not to be okay because a lot of times people get to that point where they're ready to self-harm because they don't feel like it's okay not to be okay. That is true. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to cover it up. And by the time they get to that point, it's so deep down in there, it's hard to be reached sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, I can throw the lifesaver in there, but that string ain't going but so low. Yeah. So if you don't catch it before you keep going down deeper and deeper and deeper. And sometimes we kind of like digging ourselves down deeper in them holes by not admitting that we're not okay. Like, you, I'm not okay. People don't go get help because they feel like, oh, people will look at me funny. And I think that's Girl. another thing this pandemic <laughs> has helped with, though. I can say that. You know, we lost a lot of people. But one of the things that I can say about this pandemic is more people have probably reached out to get help than would have if we had not had this pandemic i agree if you are trying like i said i see it every day if you are trying to find a psychiatrist most places have a three-month wait Mm -hmm. because people (laughs) are reaching out like many people are reaching out so that's one of the good things and the insurance companies and all that stuff have been great with it because with a lot of the insurances if you did telehealth or something like that some yeah. of the fees and stuff were waived during when the pandemic first started I know they're lifting it now 
but you've had so many people seek out help for mental awareness and then you have everybody doing it so you know like you said social media all this stuff when people are seeing like these celebrities saying look i ain't okay i had to go take a break yeah you have these athlete um the athletes like the people that was in the olympics like you know the girls are saying hey i'm here you know at the height of my career but something just ain't right i gotta step down you don't normally see that yep you know they'll press right on through yeah so a lot of people are checking in and i think that's helping the every you know the average person say look if they're doing this then hey ain't nothing wrong with me you know what I'm saying? It's okay for me to check in. So I do feel like a lot of people are getting help, but you know, like you said, sometimes you have to you have to check on them strong people, and the strong people have to learn how to be honest, be honest, and say, hey, yeah, like something's going on because sometimes you, when you're the strong person, you don't want to seem like you're weak or because you're the go-to person you feel like you don't have nobody to go to but guess what you need to check in with them people that's checking in with you you know very very true if they're checking in with you when they're not feeling great you ain't gotta feel like you know because sometimes when you're the strong person you also feel like hey this person already has a lot i don't want to give them what i've got going on yeah but sometimes that helps them out too because it's a full circle like now helping you because sometimes they may have been there so now you coming back to help them kind of gives them an accomplishment you know what I'm saying gives them sometimes to let some stuff off and give it to you and maybe talking to you and feeding it back to you feeding it back to you would help them realize like hey oh dang I didn't even notice that you know it's just like giving advice to other people but you don't take your advice you see what I'm saying because you you don't feel like you need it until you're telling it to somebody else or somebody else is reflecting it back on you and you're like you know what I've been telling this person to do this and do that and I ain't been doing it myself you know so (laughs) that is true so I kind of want to um touch on um you saying how you were upset that you didn't get the last um to have a last conversation with Aunt Mona when she was in the hospital and stuff like that I'm just wondering and if you have an answer like I wonder what is it with the older generation of keeping secret when they're not feeling well and knowing that major things are like wrong with them and they and they don't say anything and i have experienced that a whole lot in my lifetime like you by the time you find out that something is wrong it's always too late so i will say this um years ago my mother has told me my son she was having like really bad problems with her stomach she she ended up telling me like she had Crohn's disease or whatever she had to get her stomach she had so many ulcers um one time that she had to get her stomach um the ulcers lasered off her stomach okay so me and her was talking and she said girl guess what if something was really wrong with me I wouldn't tell y'all no way you know what I'm saying like that's just the type of person she was now she has once she passed when I went back and I looked at some of the things that she was posting on her page you know like I said 
times when you have them strong people and sometimes everything you post ain't about you you know true, I get true. That. but a couple of things stood out to me that I probably looked at and was just so happy you know what I'm saying or whatever that you overlooked certain things that was said you know um, she had been in the hospital one time and when she came out she did a video she said woo like you could hear the relief in her oh voice. i remember that video scared about stuff yes she i remember like, yeah y'all girl going home she was like but i was scared yeah like you know what i'm saying she said i was scared she said and i want to be around so i gotta take care of myself like you know and I looked at it as a relief. I was relieved because I'm just like, oh, okay, she's out the hospital. She's doing good. But I didn't really pay attention to how scared she was. Like, you know what I'm saying? Until after she was gone. Because you look at people, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, they never scared. Okay, yeah, that's something that really scared her. She, you know, she started walking. She started to do all these different things. But that right there could have been your you know your uh your sign to check in a little bit more yeah i didn't pay attention to how much how bad she was scared at the time when she did the video i just looked at it as her being relieved mm-hmm. oh, okay it wasn't what she thought it was oh you know it wasn't that bad you know it scared her but it wasn't nothing that's what i looked at it at. right instead of really looking at it like you know your mother the type of person ain't gonna really tell you what's going on she's really scared yeah so that video was more so about her being scared but because the way we looked at it or the way we said we saw it as relief yes i definitely felt like that i was like oh my honor fighter like yeah she's home it's it's good like from here on out it's good yeah and that's what i looked at and like i said it wasn't until after she passed that i really looked at it as her being scared and then like I said that last conversation that we had she talked to me about me she talked to me about my sister she talked to me about my brother she said you know I know y'all girls are okay she said them daggone boys (laughs) she was like you know they gotta get their self together like you know what I'm saying like I'm not gonna always be here and she she did say that but like I said it was a lot going on so I'm not really looking at it Mm -hmm. like something deeper is going on because at the time one of my brothers was locked up and she was more relieved that he was locked up she's like lord i don't mean no harm but i'm so happy he locked up you know what i'm saying like i ain't gotta worry about him again i'm looking at at it as her just us just having a conversation but when i look back at it i said you know what something was going on Something was definitely going on, and I feel like she felt it. I felt feel like she knew it. She just didn't know when. Like, you know what I'm saying? And um, like I said, and then she had another post that she put up, and it said something like, how could you, something, how can you ask God to do something when you can't, when your heart, something about a broken heart, like, you can't ask like I knew she was having like her blood pressure and stuff was messed up but in so many words it was like you know her heart couldn't be fixed like you couldn't fix whatever the broken heart was because it was it was something weird but 
you know, I can't remember verbatim right now, but like I said, going back and looking at all of the stuff that she posted mm-hmm. and videos that she made, it was like, it was there the whole time. But again, like I said, sometimes life is just moving so fast for everybody that sometimes we don't take time to see what's right in front of our face. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we have to start paying attention to those things. Like, you know what I'm saying? To those things and to people. You know, so you know, I tell people when you have people that don't normally call you you know, and ask for things and stuff like that and they do, you have to pay attention to some of that stuff. Because sometimes they're reaching out for help and don't know how to ask for it, you know. So you just have to pay more attention to people. I feel like we we don't life is just happening right now. Like if you notice the time is moving so fast, you know, it's like the beginning of the year, next thing you know, it's the end of the year. We are just living life, but we're not living. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I feel for real. I tell people all the time, like I feel like that's why time is going so fast like you at work you come home from work you doing whatever you got to do in your house you sleep you get up you go to work yeah you come back in the house you do whatever it's the same thing every day people used to enjoy people like you know what i'm saying you enjoy family you had a good time kids was able to enjoy being outside and enjoy just being and we're not doing that everything is a rush yep you know so we're not paying attention like we should. You you could be living in the house with somebody every day and you just don't notice stuff. Until it's too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I mean, that's not always a bad thing. It could be good things too, but you just don't notice it because everybody is just rushing to just to just be. Yep. You know? Just existing. I'm like, yeah. And you ain't never like, because it's just, that's how my day feels. Even when I'm off, it's like, the days go by so fast. I told my co <laughs> last week, I said, already. I was still at work and it was Friday at 2.30 p.m. <laughs> and he started laughing. He was like, what are you talking about? I said, by the time I get old, it's already Saturday for me. <laughs> and I just feel like I just, you know, I'm working every day. So I told him because, you know, I have my own business. I said, mm-hmm. this year, I am not. <laughs> I am not going to be bombarded with just work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Friday, I'm off of work. And next thing I know, it's Sunday. It's time to go to work again. Girl. What did I do over the weekend? <laughs> I, I feel like I haven't done nothing. I'm not able to watch a good TV show. I ain't able to go to the movies. I'm just working. Yeah. So I said... You know, I don't care. I mean, you know, I said, I ain't taking, I would take last minute orders. I'm not doing that. You know, let me prepare. And I'm already a big procrastinator. So, you know, it's just like, in order for me to stop being a procrastinator, I got to work on time management. Yeah, girl, don't even get me started. Because you know I know. So, I'm <laughs> Listen, having, that's one of the things that has come out of, me withdrawing from people from with my dealing trying to deal with my grief is that I'm realizing so much stuff about myself and what I need to do or what I'm not doing I'm so aware of those things because I've kind of like just been alone with myself and sometimes you just need that that's why I said this year it's about checking in with me Mm -hmm. like you know in order for me to be a better mother I gotta be good first 
Yeah. You know, I can't be good to them if I'm not all good within. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's one of the things that grief has really had me thinking about. Like checking with yourself, even checking in with our own, you know, your personal, like your health and all that stuff. Cause we don't check in. We feel like we're doing good. We just keep on moving. Girl. <laughs> The, you ain't never lied. the lady called me. She said, "Miss Bonham, you it's time for your physical." I'm like, "I just had a physical," <laughs> and I looked. I was like, "You know what? That was like January last year." But it, I'm telling you, 2022 flew like flew, flew. I'm looking at her like I just came there six months ago. She's like, "No, Miss Bonham, your physical was in February." I'm like, "What's going on?" That sound like me. I went to the eye doctor today and. They, um, I have a new eye doctor because they they change doctors or whatever. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I see that you um have the brain tumor." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What are you? Are you seeing a neurologist?" I was like, "No, not at the moment. That's the last result." Blah blah blah. And he was like, "Oh yeah. So when did you find out you had it? No, when did you have an MRI?" I was like, "Oh, like last year." He said, "Oh, it said 2021 here." I said, "Oh, that's when it was." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I said, I can't remember nothing. I said, look, I said, I, my brain be all over the place. I was like, it, it felt like last year. I said, but therefore, I said, but 2022 went so fast. I just didn't have enough time to <laughs> really I'm take it on you. in. I said, but it was 2021. I was like, yeah, you, you right. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's a lot of what's going on with people mentally, too. Because yeah. like I said, we are rushing to do every everything is a deadline. So you really don't give your brain time to rest. We're always doing something, thinking about something, watching something. Like I said, we got social media now. Yeah. You have internet. So your brain is always going like, oh, let me look up this. Let me look at this. When are you just resting your eyes? Like you know, That's why I refuse to download TikTok. I will not. Because oh yeah, so you would like, love, you would definitely love TikTok. I said I'm on. I look at the, I watch the TikToks. I said because if I download it, I already have a thing on my phone to tell me when to get off. I said the way people be telling me it be eight o'clock and before they know it's three and four o'clock in the morning and they on TikTok. Yes. I was like, I cannot do that. I refuse yep. to download the app. But I tell people, you know, we we really have to watch it, and I think even for like our younger kids now because we had outside like yes. we literally was not stuck in front of the tv you know you had your sitcoms that came on that you like um and you know you had little games but you enjoyed outside yep. and that's why i feel like mental health really was it was around but not affecting us like it is now because now you're not around people you're not having fun you're the kids are not playing like you no. know what i'm saying everybody is stuck everybody is kind of withdrawn because you're stuck to your phone you're stuck to your ipad you're stuck to this game system you're stuck to that and it causes a lot to go on with in your body like you know mm-hmm. what I'm you don't have no person as an outlet you only have a phone or you only have this thing you know and you just stuck there your eyes ain't blinking you know, you, you just Girl. your brain is on overload, it don't have nothing to do but to kind of like go haywire, like you know, that's true. Because, like, I was the other day on Netflix trying to find something on Netflix. Now, I find something and get on my phone. <laughs> I was like, what was the whole purpose of me navigating to try to find something good and then still get on my phone? Don't even watch, barely watching what's on the TV. 
because we just got so much going on. (laughs) So, in closing, um, I just want to say I really appreciate your transparency and just sharing. And I know that what you share is definitely going to bless someone because it's blessing me. (laughs) And I'm just happy to have you on my show to even just talk about just our shared grief. Even though it's not the same, but it's you know, we understand each other and right. and there for each other. And like I said, I am just I'm just happy to be in a place where I am at now yeah. in my grief. And it's like I just never thought I never thought this would happen to me. I never thought like this would be my journey. But I'm learning that what I'm going through now is definitely going to help somebody else. Yeah. So I just want you to know like whatever you share today is definitely going to help somebody else and that's what I tell people I know I know that to be true you know and I know we've talked about it before mm-hmm. and I've always told you when we've shared like hey we don't feel like we are where we supposed to be and I know I've told you this over and over again like <laughs> we we don't feel like we where we supposed yeah. to be but everything that happens to us and everything that we go through we meet somebody along the way because just think about it think about some of the people that you have met now mm-hmm. that are you know great great um access to your life or to what's going on with you that if you were where you thought you should be now you would have never met them never <laughs> or where you wanted to be like you know like you wanted to be you know, I'm just saying, for instance, like somebody look at it and say, oh, by 25, I was supposed to be, you know, a celebrity or a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You would have never met this particular person in your life because you was not here. These, what we go through, the things that we go through are things that we supposed to go through. Even the stuff that we feel like, oh, we made a wrong turn somewhere because guess what? You're doing your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I I know a lot of the stuff that, you know, you've been through. And it's like, you got your podcast now, which I think is great. I listen to it all the time. Thank you know, you. and, um, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be able to do these things if you hadn't already been through what you've been through. You know, it hurts when you go through certain things, but it makes you feel 100% better when you're able, somebody comes in a circle or comes to you in conversation and say, hey, I've been through this or I've been through that. And you can pull them to the side or even in that circle if it's, um, you know, if you're able to do so at that moment and say, hey, I've been there. Because guess what? You can only help people that you that can relate to what you've been through. You know, like I tell people, um, they tell me all the time at my job, for instance, and I'm no therapist. You know, I'm no social. Worker. I know you say that, but you have no. I, I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm none of that. And I have people that come in the office all the time. And the therapist, she tell me, she was like, you know, oh my gosh, she was like, I hear you with these people, and I'm like, because guess what? A lot of the people that I work with, they look like us, but they not from where we from. So their book knowledge teaches them how to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? But, and I'm not saying we from the streets, but things that we have been to make me relate to them. So when they come in that office, I'm able to look at them and see who they are. 
and let's see what the book told me that this is how this person's supposed to look you know so when they talk to you it's different you know what I'm saying how they understand you is different because they're understanding you with something that was taught to them not something that they've been through and not something that they know they don't have a mother like you they don't have a sister like you they don't have a person that's been through addiction or that's been homeless that's been sexually assaulted they don't have them people in their lives so they all they know is what the book has said mm. so when you talking to them and stuff like that like you know what i'm saying that stuff kind of like go over their head yeah i can diagnose you right you see what i'm <laughs> saying and, and that's what the people you know that's what the people get out of it so you know like i tell her i'm there and i check out sometimes i'm being there doing my sometimes i was like oh no i ain't going out there because i i tell them when they come in my office they just want to just throw everything on the table i say listen all i need is this right here now because i'm not no trained <laughs> therapist and you know because now when some people unload some stuff on you they're looking for you to get them something back and i can oh. tell you how i feel as a person right but because you coming into this agency looking for help, I can't, and I don't want to be responsible. You know what I'm saying? For just being real with you. Mm-hmm. And then you like, oh yeah, no. Cause sometimes, I mean, I'm telling you, a lot of times they come in there and I'm just straightforward with them. So I don't have no problems, but I tell them like, I'm not no therapist. Sometimes some of the things that you need to unload, you need to unload to a person that's professional. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we going to come from, just within how we personally feel and that's not always good because we're interpreting we're giving back feedback based on what we interpreted from what you said and and that might not be exactly what you're going through right we don't know how to look for that type of stuff right you You need the um you need someone to help you properly process a lot of and this. navigate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then you need a professional sometimes with that. Cause, you know, <laughs> I tell people it's okay to have somebody listening in, but you know, and like I said, by me saying it every day, sometimes you just do need that professionals. Because if it was up to me, ginger ale would cure all things. <laughs> I tell people ginger ale cures all things. You sick? Take get a ginger ale. Ginger ale is sleep. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Your stomach hurt, go to sleep. You hot, go to sleep. You got a cold, go to sleep. Because guess what? You don't feel none of that when you sleep. Not now, thing. Rest and ginger ale cures all things in my house. Girl, that's every black person's remedy. You better get you some ginger ale. Listen, I tell you, go to sleep. I tell them all the time. The people at my job be just laughing. I tell them like, you know, go to sleep. But nah, you know, I just, I'm happy that I do have something. Like you said, I'm happy that I do have some things to be happy about. And, um, you know, even though the grief takes over at some points. And like I said, I'm at a point where I know that it's okay when I'm not feeling okay. And one of the things that I have been doing when I'm not feeling okay you know I just tell people like yeah I'm having a rough time today like you know yeah like you know even at work I'll tell them like I, look I don't know what happened but I'm not having a good day today you know so you know I just I just got to a point where you don't have to be silent about the stuff that you're going through especially when it comes to um like your mental health and stuff like that and dealing with grief 
And like I said, some people don't even know that they're grieving. Listen, they sure don't. <laughs> That's the thing. Like some people don't even know that they're grieving. And and it sometimes it could be a loss about something that happened. You was ten years old and now you grieving it about grieving about it and you fifty. You know, yeah. you just don't even know and you gotta be able to realize you know what it is that you're going through so i tell everybody it's time to check in it's okay for everybody to have a therapist these days it is you need one Mm -hmm. you definitely do shoot my pastor talk about all the time how he see one (laughs) (laughs) and they need it because they take on a lot yeah you know they take on the energies of a lot of people Mm-hmm. So you need directly to process and indirectly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> directly, and people don't understand that. People don't understand that. That's another thing that's going on with our health too. People do not understand that. Um, a lot of things that go on with your heart, your stomach, you know, um, it's those main two things: your heart and your stomach. A lot of things in your respiratory system. A lot of those things that go on with those, um, your lungs, your heart, your stomach, is because of emotion. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's because of emotion. So sometimes checking in at the right time and seeking out that help will really help you out along the way because. A lot of our illnesses and stuff that happens to our bodies come from us not being able to rest. Like, you know. Very true. I learned that. That's very true. Yeah, not being able to rest. What we taking in, what we eating, what we not, you know, what's not coming out in waste. You know, like everything is from something not working properly. You know, we send a lot of black people with cancer and heart problems and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff comes from grief anger pain emotional stuff and you know we not looking at that so check in people (laughs) (laughs) yes check in so cousin i know you have your own business for those in the dmv can you shout out the name of your business and they can follow you on instagram your social media yes um so the name of our business is rochelle sweet fix on Instagram is oh child girl I'll be having to do that be like what's my Instagram <laughs> oh my gosh hold on people right, listen <laughs> oh that's what I was saying okay so my Instagram is Rochelle underscore sweet underscore fix okay yeah. so she got the best cakes and DP, <laughs> trust me, everybody that ever had them in my party be like, them Jones be good and they look good. <laughs> and she's self taught and she does an amazing job. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> you won't be having dry cornbread taste of cake. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, cousin, thank you once again for being on my show. You're definitely going to be on here again. <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Okay. All right. I'm out here chasing the dream. <laughs> Look at this. It is really quiet. I wonder who would like to be out here in this. 
wet. Twenty-three acres. That's a lot. 